0: Welcome to the seventh episode of season three of PH Pod. Our theme this season is public health in action, and I'm Connor McCombs.
1: And I'm Bethany Hollenborg. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a question for Connor now, and it's... I know I never direct questions towards you. I'm
0: normally the one asking questions. I'm excited. I know. We're
1: changing it up today. <laughs> okay. This is my thing did you ever play sports growing up connor
0: i played soccer for a moment and unsurprisingly i danced for a long time but uh that's that's about it what about you
1: <laughs> we will have to see if you can find any videos of you dancing
0: i would love we to we absolutely see them. won't
1: <laughs> <laughs> i too played soccer for about two weeks and i was a gymnast as well for years and years um, until I was about 15.
0: I'm glad you're here with me today because I have absolutely no knowledge about gymnastics. We're actually here with a gymnast to talk about her gym.
1: Yes, we're here today with Abby Green, a BUSPH alum and the director and founder of Everybody Gymnastics. Would you please introduce yourself?
2: Of course, my name is Abby Green and I am the executive director and founder for an organization called Everybody Gymnastics. Everybody Gymnastics is a brand new organization that I started just over a year ago to help give people the opportunity to compete gymnastics who might have never had that opportunity before. I also happen to be a BU School of Public Health alum. Fun fact, today to the date is my 15 year anniversary of my graduation. Wow, oh, congrats. Thank
1: you, which seems mind-blowing. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to have you back then on your 15-year anniversary. It was like,
2: we, I didn't like
1: plan that. Even when we were planning the
2: day, I'm like, oh yeah, that day it looks good. And then when I actually looked at the calendar for today, I was like,
0: oh. Yeah, a nice celebration of your time here. Is thank talking you. about everything you've done since. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, when you were graduating 15 years ago, see yourself doing the work you're doing now? Oh, goodness. That's such an interesting question because... Not even a tiny little
2: bit. Um, <laughs> I I concentrated in social and behavioral sciences and there was not a lot of public health jobs in 2008 and I went to the gym where I was coaching and said could I get more hours and then it was just like that ball just started rolling right and a few more hours turned into can you own this program and get it off the ground and and then um it, you know, it just, it just kept growing and growing and growing, and I did that for ten years until the pandemic, unfortunately.
1: Wow! So that is what spurred the start of Everybody.
2: Exactly, and there's a lot of what I was doing before that is going into what I'm doing now. But it was also somewhat limited in what it could do because of where we were in our awareness of the larger picture of gymnastics culture. Adult gymnastics didn't really have a place in the standard gymnastics culture. And COVID came and there were lots more things that were coming to light in the news and documentaries to watch and books to read. And I became infuriated. This sport that I love so much, that has given me so much was so ugly. And if I could find a way to change that that became really important to me and i made a master like 10 page outline because it just kept growing and growing and growing of well this is a problem and this is a problem and then i went through every single thing i identified as a problem and came up with a potential solution i was always taught if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem everybody gymnastics is this culmination of all of this knowledge and experience i have and going into But I hope can be a a significant influence on improving gymnastics culture. And I think that we can share and collaborate.
0: Yeah. Make things better. And like you said, just starting to take steps to make it better.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Even if
0: you don't have all of the solution.
1: Right. And you don't need all of it. No. And you can't just
2: fix it all at once. But there are some things that we can advocate for. Some things are policy changes, which can be like, okay, we're going to decide we're going to change this policy. like. Elite gymnastics should not start when you're 13 years old, that you're starting to train elite and that you go senior when you're 16. What if we didn't start training elite until you were 16 and a senior started when you were 18? You know, the age of adult consent.
1: (laughs) But then we get to ruin the joke of, you know, I'm a retired gymnast. I'm above the age of 20. Exactly. And like, what are we going to do with that? Oh,
0: gosh. Is that a joke?
1: Yes, when you hit 18, if you're not hitting like a higher status, you're a retired gymnast. You are now geriatric in gym. Um, That that you
2: can't contribute, that you might get hurt, you might get broken.
1: You're more of a liability than anything else. You're a liability, that's a great word. Oh my goodness.
2: I retired because I felt like I had this other thing I had to do, which was focus on my school. As opposed to feeling like I'm just too old, or I'm just too broken, or even worse, I'm just too burnt out
1: that one i feel like is the one yes. i hear the most that's when when i exited the gym i was 15 and it was that's that is old most the, yeah. the biggest chunk of the gym sphere is girls under the age of 10 and w- after you hit 10 people really start to get out they're burned out they're yeah. just
2: fried they're fried from the physical exhaustion of the training they're fried from the emotional exhaustion the roller coaster rides that the coaches and the parents are putting them through. I had this experience that was positive. I loved gymnastics. I didn't get burnt out. I'm not gonna say I wasn't feeling tired by the time I was 18 of doing it, but I I wasn't burnt out in that way of like, I need to walk away and never look back.
1: I'm you're kind of running at the end of. I'm on. Fl- I'm on fumes at this yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. We totally thought
0: that. Is it 19. almost like a get out before you sustain a major injury? Because each year past a certain age, you feel like you're increasing that you know, it's, risk. That's Not to speak I, like a public health person, I, but I, I,
2: right. <laughs> I I actually don't think that's really the sentiment. I think people are just they're so burnt out, they're so exhausted. They probably got a major injury and worked through it. And couldn't make the comeback to the level they were before, mm-hmm. and so it's like,
1: all right. At this point, why am I? You know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna come back. I I'm can't never get gonna back.
2: be elite. I'm never gonna go to the Olympics. Yeah, five people go to the Olympics once every four years. You
1: probably weren't gonna go to the Olympics anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not to hurt anyone's dreams, please still keep but them. But that's, that's the real realistic expectations. Yeah. Right.
2: We have these public health programs that are like, physical activity is really important, and one should engage in these 30 minutes every single day, and you're like. Are we gonna give any advice about how to do that, where to do that, who to do it with, who to learn from, what your goals might be? Like We just say do it as if that's so obvious. Some people are kind of naturally more physically active people. They just crave it and they go do it and that's great, but for those of us who maybe aren't in that inclination, where do you start? What if we took a different approach as public health professionals and how we're recommending that people get physical activity? What if we made it just interesting and fun and engaging?
1: Because we like it when it's interesting and fun and engaging. (laughs)
0: And if you have the oversight, it sounds like you're kind of offering at everybody, it's safer. Because exactly. a lot of people hear, okay, I need to get fit. They go to the gym and start just throwing weights around, and they throw out their back, or they rip a muscle in their shoulder because they just don't know how.
2: Right, and then they're like, oh, I can't do that. I love this excuse. I'm not strong enough to do gymnastics. No, 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 You come to gymnastics class in order to get stronger, in order to get more flexible. You don't have to go do that someplace else before you come. That's literally what we're doing. We don't start doing standing back falls we- we, we start doing forward rolls and backer
1: rolls, right? Start... Somersaults, as they're called. You just roll on the floor. Yes, super basic
2: stuff here. We're not doing anything super crazy. There is no wrong body for gymnastics. That's our tagline for everybody, mm-hmm. gymnastics. There's no wrong height, size, weight, type, gender, sex, age, ability, experience, you name it. There's no wrong body. I think anybody can engage in the sport if they want to. And I would love to see everybody just gymnastics evolve into not just being an influencer on gymnastics culture, but sport culture. I'm using gymnastics as my vehicle to share my message because that's, that's my thing, that's my jam, that's what I grew up loving. But there's so many other vehicles that we can use to
1: promote the, the positive culture change that we're looking for. Absolutely, it's definitely, gymnastics gets a, quite the rap for it, I think. Another one that gets quite the rep is also ballet. I absolutely. know that one is, and they they are shined upon as things that hurt your body. You're expected to be injured by the time you're 35, and like, you know, arthritic hips. You're supposed to have bad it's ankles. Glorified. It's I did absolutely.
0: do dance, and in dance, it was like, it, yeah. oh, I made my feet bleed breaking in my point shoes, and it's like you should not like that. <laughs> that
1: is not exciting.
0: That's yeah. not great for you.
2: That, that's, that's not a great thing, you know. And it's not to say that. There aren't some things that we don't kind of, I'll say, learn to be tougher about. I like to make the distinction with my students there's a difference between pain and discomfort when we're doing things. Pain is the thing you experience when you're having an injury. Hey, my knee is bending the wrong way. I think that's not good. Uh Uh-huh, we're going to go to the hospital and we're going to deal with that. Versus, it hurts when I stretch my split. Mm, It's uncomfortable because you're probably not used to stretching it. It's okay for it to feel a little uncomfortable. We find the right progression that might step outside your comfort zone, but we should never be causing pain and injury. Understanding that our bodies experience these different sensations and where they belong on that scale is one of the first steps to that bodily autonomy and emphasizing the consent culture that we want to exist more in gymnastics. When kids come to us, we just inherently want to not trust them, that we think that they're lying and trying to get out of doing the thing because they don't want to work hard, but that's not true most of the time.
1: They're thought to just not be tough yet. They just haven't learned what tough looks like. And so it's like, ah, you as a child are in pain, but that pain is actually discomfort and you're just too young to understand the difference. Right. And And you're gonna grow.
0: Yeah. And I mean, especially with gymnastics injuries in particular, there's, you can die.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot
2: at stake mm-hmm. on the line for gymnastics if it goes wrong and it's not it's not worth it. And you can do it safely. You just have to train accordingly. And any person who's doing gymnastics at an age over the age of 18 to 22 is telling you I train less hours of gymnastics, more hours of other types of conditioning, flexibility training, cross training of some sort. I don't do 50 reps I do 10 reps. I know the skill I'm maintaining. Um, I once heard from someone that I heard, I had a reputation of being that extremely safety conscious gym and they were saying it as a negative thing and I, wow, thank you. I'm the safety conscious gym? I've never heard someone say something so sweet.
1: <laughs> what you're telling me is I'm achieving here. Yes, I'm just
2: like, i have arrived if that <laughs> reputation is perceiving me i'm doing something good
0: <laughs> that's really interesting because i think everyone thinks of especially super competitive sports like gymnastics like dance like ice skating as things that if you don't get into when you're five and drill nonstop every day for every week of your life until you're 16 then it's not worth getting into so it's really cool to hear how much progress you make with these adults trying to learn this.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong, if, if your goal is to be the, the best in your sport, to be an elite athlete in your sport, whatever that sport might be, it would behoove you to probably start sometime in your you know, t- early teens
1: but you don't need to start when you're in diapers no kids' bodies to themselves are like putty when they're at that age they don't think of them as bodies yet I didn't yeah. think of my body as a body then
0: No. you've also broken like 30
1: bones. I still don't think of my body as a body you <laughs> 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 just ruined my point point. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to a friend of mine she's been a, a lifelong ballerina mm-hmm. and she and I have the same thing which is extra bones in our ankles and that's mm-hmm. just from sustained injury um, c- Constantly, constantly doing it. When you start when you're a kid, your bones don't fuse from yeah. being injured. And so we both have extra ankle bones because of it. We both have been told by doctors that space of like, yeah, your body is going to hurt you probably by the time you're 40 because you decided to be a child athlete. And I was like, okay. Well, nobody said, no one gave me a waiver and said, you're signing up for lifelong pain when I was right? a kid. Well,
2: and that becomes a big point of it too, right? Is like kids get pushed into these sports, and maybe they show propensity. And then they start training at a higher level or more frequently and more intensity. And they don't understand what they're really getting into. Age of consent is 18 to engage in a lot of different types of behaviors. And yet yeah, we're like, oh, you're 15? It's cool. You're going to train at 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week. It's fine. And the, the kid can get blinded by like, yeah, why don't I go to the Olympics? And I don't doubt that the kid, the kid might be participating in in the sport and the training willingly. They might even be enjoying it. And I'm not saying that they couldn't. It's just they don't really understand the consequences. They can't, their brains are not fully formed yet. They cannot understand all of the pros and the cons and the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs at that age of what their life is gonna look like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. Mm-hmm. There are so many people out there doing gymnastics as adults that i i wish it could be more of a data point that people could see and recognize we we have this backwards that it's gymnastics and adult gymnastics as opposed to youth gymnastics and gymnastics gymnastics should imply the adult like any sport is done by the adult and then we have the youth version of it that if someone's you know doing those classes or competing in those fields youth swimming and youth running youth football. It's always youth or child, something like that. You never say adult anything else, but it's always adult gymnastics. I want the term adult gymnastics to not have to exist
1: anymore. I love that. I like that a lot. And so when I was 22, I wanted to get back into gym. That was a big thing. I was, i missed it a lot. And I went to, um, a couple of gyms that were around the area I was living in. And a lot of them said, Oh, we don't offer adult gymnastics class, it's unsafe. And I think it would be great to hear, one, your response to that, and two, some maybe positive experiences that you've seen as a primary for adult gym. Yeah,
0: I would love to hear out how the people who sign up for your classes benefit.
2: Most gyms will say to you, no, it's not safe, or our insurance doesn't cover it. But the, the funny thing about saying, oh, our insurance doesn't cover adults is, so you're saying you have nobody over the age of 18 training, because like high school students can be 18. Also, when you look at the Olympics, um, even if the minimum age to do senior gymnastics right now is 16, which I think it should be older, but 16-year-olds are still kind of adult-sized. By the time they're 16, Like they're not going to get that much bigger after the age of 16. And for the men, they're, they don't peak until they're in their early 20s. These are full-sized humans doing really big gymnastics, not like beginner gymnastics, like really big, potentially dangerous gymnastics. The only adults that you ever see doing gymnastics are actually the ones that are doing the most difficult gymnastics. So why couldn't it be safe for adults to do beginner gymnastics? Just way less dangerous (laughs) than the stuff that we see at the Olympics. The people who do come to me. First of all, I say I love teaching gymnastics, but I love teaching gymnastics to people who want to learn gymnastics. And so every adult who shows up to one of my classes, it's cuz they want to be there. It's cuz most of these people will come and say, I just always loved it. I always wanted to do it. I just I never knew where I could or how I could and I get to do it. Like this is the coolest. And they keep coming back for more because it's not just the sport, it's the community. You know, like I said, I, I I'm using gymnastics as a vehicle to teach some deeper love of body and of self, I think that I think that weighs heavily with a lot of my students.
1: I love that personally. <laughs> it's gymnastics culture; just is it's very serious. You get caught up in all the scary and all the crazy of it, and uh, you lose out on just like the pure serotonin and Absolutely. that you're gonna get from being like. I just had my feet above my head, and I twisted my body in a circle. And did I do them at the same time? Maybe. Did I? Or yeah. I did them separately, and, and both landed were fun.
0: on my back on a foam mat, and it was fun. <laughs> and I, lo- I
1: flew myself in any which way I could into a pit of foam blocks.
0: Oh my god, those pits of blocks are terrifying. Yes. <laughs> I just love hearing about how you've managed to really marry everything you've learned about public health and applying these social person first ideas to learning sports and change the lens on learning the sport from i think what i know at least for what i always thought about whenever i heard of gymnastics which is young girls in leotards throwing their body around in ways that looks dangerous as hell and i'm always like how is that not a perfect score her head spun around six times in an opposite direction from her body i don't know yeah (laughs) Right. She's like in Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> like that
1: great to me. my
0: girl summoned the Exorcist for this exercise. Let's 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 give her a good score. Yes. <laughs> and it is it's m- just been so cool to hear about how you are you. changing that and changing the view on that. I'm trying.
2: I'm <laughs> trying. You know, one gymnastics class at a time right now. This is gonna be like our first full competitive season, and it's so stinking exciting. And at the same time, this is. This is just our little incubator. We're kind of testing things out, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. Because I think, I think we could do some real good, you know. And that that to me starts to feel even more public healthy. Silly <laughs> <So>, word,
1: <laughs> you know. But it's definitely a word. But
2: but it definitely. definitely
0: is a word. Okay, we use yeah. it a lot. <laughs> okay,
2: I appreciate that because as I was saying it, it felt silly, but I feel reassured now. It's been easy for me to. In the last 10 years of my life at moments feel like oh of course I'm a public health professional because blah 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 I do all these public health things and then there's also times where I'm like I'm not a public health professional I just teach gymnastics like that's I'm not using my degree but then I realize I'm using my degree a thousand times over my program wouldn't be what it is if the person at the helm wasn't a public health professional not a lot of gymnastics coaches have master's degrees in public health, because why would you? It's not necessary to teach gymnastics, but if you're trying to change gymnastics culture all across the globe, maybe it doesn't hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is your way of improving public health.
2: This, this is my contribution, you know, and it, like I said, it wasn't what I intended when I was graduating, but it was 2008, and the road in front of me looked different than what I expected, and I had to kind of make it, be something that could fit for me and if no one was going to hire me, I was just going to create my own job and make it happen myself. Here we are 15 years later and <laughs> this is happening.
0: This season on PH Pod, we've really been focused on public health at work and that public has Public health
1: in action public is health. our actual title. Well, this is the season's I like mm-hmm. this. Um, I
0: like this And kind of that. <laughs> it's just taken us in so many directions with people that don't always feel like they're working necessarily in public health, but Mm -hmm. like they absolutely are. It's been such a journey to hear about all of this and it's been so exciting to get your perspective on it. I appreciate that. I'm
2: so thrilled to be able to contribute.
1: Now, if you don't mind, we have one more question for you. Sure, I don't mind at all. (laughs) (laughs) This is something we do with all of our guests. It's called a short sentence. So it's essentially, how do you say a lot by saying a little and it leaves our listeners with a short impactful sentence that they can take with them after they're done listening to this podcast episode so abby what would your short sentence be
2: public health is all around us we just need to let ourselves see it
1: PH Pod is brought to you by Boston University School of Public Health and Public Health Post, which informs and inflects the broader conversation in health and social justice. Every day we feature new articles about the health of the population. Join the conversation by following us on your favorite social media. You can also subscribe to the PHP Friday Roundup and see our stories of the week delivered directly to your inbox by visiting publichealthpost.org. Thanks for listening.